Mysterious letters terrorize a small town. And are we the first advanced intelligent species to evolve on this planet today on Dead Rabbit Radio? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. Hope you're having a great day. I'm having a great day. Let me tell you a story. My apartment might be haunted. There's always that saying that when you start looking into the paranormal, the paranormal starts looking into you. I have some stories about that in my past, but for right now, what, what's happened the past couple weeks, I would come home, you know, I'd go out, hang out, go work, whatever I was doing. I'd come home, and for just a brief moment, I'd get a, I'd smell like a, a scent, like a perfume in my apartment. And the first couple of times, I just kind of brushed it off. I was like, well, okay, that's weird. But it kept happening. And, you know, the thing is, is a lot of times they talk about ghosts, how you may not see them. And you may not feel them, but, or hear them either. But sometimes you'll smell them and people will say things like, you know, my grandpa always smoked a particular brand of cigars. And then sometimes when I go over to his house, I can smell the cigar in the chair that he always sat in and all of that. Well, so I was coming home, and like I said, the first couple times I dismissed it, but it kept happening. It kept happening when I come home, and I would smell perfume in my house. Now, I don't wear perfume. I haven't had anyone over who wears perfume lately. I couldn't figure it out, and I wasn't paying it too much mind. I was kind of like, okay, that's weird, but again, I'm the, I, I wasn't like, oh my god, my house is haunted. I need to have a seance, but what happened was just probably about 20 minutes prior to sitting, well, 10 minutes really, before sitting down to record this episode, I was doing something in my apartment, picking up, cleaning up, and I smelt that smell really strong. It was like right in front of me, and I got a little nervous. I'm like, there's that smell again. Like this time it's not happening when I come home, it's happening like right now. It's like right in front of me. And I'm like, maybe I do have a ghost. And then I realized... What I was doing is I was taking my recyclable cans and I was putting it into a garbage bag, a lavender-scented glad bag. So what was happening was when I was coming home from work or wherever, the first thing I was smelling when I walked in was the lavender-scented glad bag. Here, This is the thing about looking into ghosts, doing anything paranormal, is 99.9% of the time, it is the most mundane explanation possible. The reason why I was smelling it stronger was because I was picking cans up and dropping them into the bag, and so it was knocking the, the, the fresh particles into my nose. That was it. And when I was coming home, I was just smelling the glad bag, and then my nose would get used to the smell, and I wouldn't smell it any other time. That's it. 99% of the time... 99.9% of the time, technically, but it's mundane. It's nothing. It's a garbage bag. It's important to know when you're doing this stuff because it's really easy to believe every conspiracy theory. It's really easy to believe every bump in the night is a ghost. Oh, and I never had sex with a succubus after my succubus episode and talking about that and doing those rituals. So podcasts do not work. Apparently, you do have to write a letter, but that's okay. I'm good. I don't need to bang a succubus. We're going to go ahead and get started with tonight's episode. So, came across an interesting story, and it actually plays into something that I've talked about before on this show. I do not believe that we're the first intelligent species on this planet. Now, I'm not saying that I believe in Lemuria or Atlantis. I'm not saying I don't really believe in that stuff either. 
but I don't believe in like super advanced civilizations with like UFOs and laser guns and, and ancient nuclear wars and all that stuff. But the, the scale of the planet and the timeline of the planet is so vast. It is so vast. I don't believe that we're the first intelligent species on this planet. I think that when we're talking about scales of 4 billion years, other, other species had evolved to a level where they could start working with tools, maybe building little towns, maybe even getting to an industrialized size as us, and then getting wiped out. And here's the thing. You go, well, Jason, wouldn't we find buildings? If right now we disappeared and we jump ahead a million years, five million years, there will not be one trace of us on this planet at all. There will be no buildings. There would be no nothing. You may find a leg bone deep in a tar pit somewhere. The thing with fossils, they're extremely rare. They're extremely rare. You need to have it in the exact right conditions in the exact right time period for you to be able to find a fossil. And that's why they'll, they'll, they have to make assumptions. If you find a leg bone in a field, because that's so rare, you, you go, well, there's probably like 5,000 people here. To find this one bone, it's not like one guy was walking across a field, died, and became a fossil. They can say, they can extrapolate. They have to go, well, if, if there's one fossil here, there must have been 10,000 people here. So, I'm not saying that they were all humanoid, and I'm not saying they all advanced to our level. There could have been a species of reptilians, or a species of muskrat, or a species of bird, or whatever, that got to the point where they're building tools, maybe building little houses, maybe like having little crow courts, and they're like, no, you are going to hang for taking all that bird seed, and all that stuff, and then they just get wiped out. And new species have to evolve to fill in that void. Whether it is some sort of natural catastrophe, whether it's some sort of meteorite strike, maybe it's some sort of war or disease, I don't know. Could be all of them. But I don't think we're the only intelligent species that have existed on this planet. So I kind of found an article, a reputable article, that kind of backs my argument up. However, to be fair, the article says, I don't believe anyone was here before we were. The article is very clear on that. The article is a thought experiment, but it's a fascinating one. And the article does state that if a civilization existed in the past 100,000 years, we would see proof of it. But if we go back hundreds of thousands or millions of years, there wouldn't be any proof of it, which was always my assertion. What's interesting is, so their article, they're talking about climate change and aliens, which is funny because that's something we covered early on in the show. I think we kind of have a tendency to take human follies and put them on other races and other species. But what's interesting is they are stating that if there was an industrialized society to the human level a million years ago, there would be no structures, no books, no bones, nothing proving that they were here except for one thing. We would be able to tell if there was a industrialized society on our level a million years ago. And it's interesting. It would be in the soil. Not the bones, but we could tell that the soil was treated for massive farming. There would be like nitrates in the soil that don't occur naturally. That's the article stance, is basically if they had massive farming, because we, right now we're in the Anthropocene, which is the age of man. And we're so, we're so rapidly changing the landscape. We're having such a massive effect on our landscape. Like, you know, you have the Jurassic era and the Triassic era. This is the Anthropocene era. This because we are actually being able to modify the earth to fit our needs. And they're saying there was a species at our level. They would have also have done that. And I think that's a really interesting point. And I totally get where they're coming from. 
And I'm not going to argue with that. Well, actually, I am going to kind of argue with that because one, it assumes that what we see in the soil, what we consider natural, isn't what they did in the past. Two, it would also assume that they would farm in the same way or even farm the same things. If a carnivorous species evolved to our level, would they have needs for crops at all? I guess to feed animals to eat them, but I also will argue down. Maybe they wouldn't be at our level, like industrialized-wise, but they could have been at a Bronze Age level or an Iron Age level and got wiped out. And again, we're talking about such long time spans, billions of years, that you could have had, you could have a species evolve and disappear every million years and you would never know it, ever know it. I find that fascinating. I, you know, people talk, we, this, the seas are completely unexplored. We know more about space than seas. We know more about the oceans than we know about the history of life before us. We can find bones and we can say, well, you know, the environment was probably like this based on this type of animal. But our rec- our, really, our records only go back so far. We don't even know, we don't know about what's under the water. We don't even know what's going on on the land. And here's an interesting article that plays into this whole thing. So back in May, there was this article in National Geographic. The first article was from the Atlantic. So these aren't fringe websites, which I always find, I always enjoy that. Because I like to talk about this stuff and have mainstream, here I'm talking about mainstream media again, but I like to have reputable sources i can go to creepy weird daily and find this article but it's i you get a different level of satisfaction i'd say by finding this in in thought-provoking mainstream magazines so national geographic recently had this article so in the philippines they found a leg bone recently that was sixty-seven thousand years old and they're like, okay, again, with the fossils, they can go, well, this, it wasn't just one guy in the Philippines. It wasn't cast away or anything. There's obviously a bunch of people here to get this one leg bone. You would need to have a big population, a thousand people or whatever, over a period of time. So they're like, okay, so we can say that in about 67,000 years ago, either people came from the mainland to the Philippines and settled here, or there was some sort of hominid offshoot. And even they were like, man, we didn't think there was anyone here 67,000 years ago. That's, that's quite a ways back. You know, these little set of islands and all this choppy water, it's crazy people got here. Well, recently they found a the bones of an extinct rhinoceros, and they're like, and they dated these bones at between 650,000 and wait, 650,000, yeah, and 700,000 years old. So co- completely predates the leg bone. They find this extinct rhinoceros in the Philippines and they're like, "Oh, these bones are like 700,000 years old. This is like super cool that we found these old bones." They started looking at them and they the ribs were broken. And they're like, well, that's kind of interesting. It kind of looks like they were broken on purpose. Wasn't it someone trying to get the marrow out? And No, people weren't around back then, but maybe it was an animal. And then they were looking more at the bones, and they saw where somebody, or something, somebody, took a stone and was sawing at the rib cage to get the meat off. And the, the rib cage and the leg bones, someone was sawing at it to get the meat off. So at this point, the scientists are saying that is completely unexpected. That means that 600,000 years before this leg bone existed, there was someone here with the tool cutting meat off a rhinoceros that's extinct. And the article just kind of ends with, I don't know. 
you can almost see the scientists shrugging at the end of the article. There should just be like an artist rendition of three scientists shrugging their shoulders because they don't know. We, we don't know about our own history. There's all sorts of offshoots. You know, they found those like hobbits in the Philippines as well. I don't know if they got permission from Tolkien to use the word hobbits, but you know, we have like Neanderthals and all this stuff. It's just amazing to think that we don't know our own history. We don't have the answers to those mysteries. So the idea that something existed before us and before them and before them and before them, why not? It's definitely possible. It, the only reason why scientists don't believe that is because they don't have proof. And fair enough. Because then they would just be going, oh yeah, lizard people ruled the world. And then along came the giant kangaroo people. And I get it. That's all speculative. So they're not going to say that. But we don't know. We don't know. We are... are knowledge of this planet and the knowledge of our race and the history of living things on this planet is so small it's fantastic and i love that i love mysteries that's knowing everything i think would be boring i want to learn the stuff i want to watch this these mysteries progress if i had a book and i could just flip open and find the answer to every single question ever that'd be so boring give me the mystery give me the puzzle give me the clues and i'll learn it with you Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. I'm sure we're going to talk about this more because I find the these ideas very, very fascinating. I will say a quick note, too. You know, I talk about, like, reptilians. I don't believe in reptilian aliens and stuff like that. I do think it's interesting, though, that almost every major religion, every, really, religion in general across the globe, they have snakes in their um, mythology. They're either good or bad. And I did read, and I, I tried to figure that out, and I read something saying that in ancient times, the way the snake eyes looked, looked like they knew everything. They were considered wise. So that, that may be why, but I also think it's interesting that that always plays in. But we have another episode to talk about that. Spoiler alert, I do not believe in shape-shifting reptilian aliens. I've talked about that a hundred times, but we'll get into the reptile stuff later. I do want to go on to this next story here. Speaking about mysteries, not reptiles, speaking about not knowing the answers to mysteries. This one's fascinating. This is a story. This is a true story called the Circleville Writer. This happened back in the seventies. So what happened was back in the seventies, there was a bus driver named Mary and she had a husband named Ron, you know, just typical old family in Ohio. And one day she gets a letter and it says, I know you're sleeping with the school superintendent. She's a bus driver for the school, not for like the city. She's, you know, more like an auto bus driver and less of a Sandra Bullock bus driver. But anyway, she gets a letter saying, I know you're sleeping with the school superintendent. And she's like freaks out because she wasn't. And she hides the letter. She gets another letter later on. And they're like, I know you're sleeping with the school superintendent. And she's like, I'm not. She doesn't know what to do. Her husband gets a letter too now. So what happens is, so now she's getting letters, her husband's getting letters, they're vaguely threatening. They start to reveal the letters to their friends, and they're like, hey, do you know who's writing this? And their friends are like, no, I don't know who's writing that. The letter, letter writer starts to say, I'm going to put billboards up around town, and I'm going to like hijack television stations, and I'm going to broadcast that you're sleeping with the school superintendent. They start to get a list of suspects of who they think it can be. One night, they get a phone call. And Ron, the husband, picks up the phone and the, the writer is on the phone and says, hey, you know, you need to ha have your wife stop sleeping with the school superintendent. Ron recognizes, recognizes the voice. 
grabs his gun, hops in his car. A few minutes later, he's dead. He's dead. What the? Okay. So I'm reading this and I'm like, this, this is crazy. So the, he, Ron's dead now. The cops are like, we can tell he fired a bullet out of his gun. And he crashed because he was really drunk. So it was an accident. Originally, they, they listed it as foul play. The sheriff was like, it's foul play. But then they listed it as an accident. It was drinking and driving. So now the woman's by herself, Mary. She's continuing to get these letters saying that she needs to stop sleeping with the superintendent. Eventually, someone starts putting up signs along her bus route in public saying, I know you're sleeping with the school superintendent. They're taunting her at this point. She's driving down the road. She gets out of her car. She gets out of the bus one day. She goes to pull the sign down. It's booby-trapped. There's a gun built into the sign. If she had pulled it down the wrong way, it would have shot and killed her. So, now, the police are heavily involved in this. They're trying to figure out who it is. They zero in on a suspect. They arrest him. It was his gun. Like, you could see the serial number was kind of kind of removed from the gun, but not completely. He says the gun was stolen. Cops don't believe him. They feel like he has a motive. He's He goes to trial. He's convicted. He goes to solitary confinement. He starts getting letters from the Circleville writer. He's getting letters. Other people are getting letters. He's in solitary confinement. He can't be writing these letters. But letters are going to him. Letters are coming out. Finally, after, I think it's like five or six years, seven years or whatever... He gets paroled, so he gets out. The letters never stopped, though. He kept saying that, I didn't write him, I didn't write him. There's other suspects of who it could be. At one point, they're thinking it may be three different people who are writing these letters. Mary is having an affair with the school superintendent, but they don't start having an affair until after she gets the letters. So they never had a relationship at all, but the... the the stress of the letters brought them together. She's single now, too, because her husband's dead. Unsolved Mysteries covers this case. Unsolved Mysteries, if this is right up their alley. Unsolved Mysteries was that great old television show where they basically profile Unsolved Mysteries. They begin investigating the case. They get a letter from the Circleville writer. The letter says, Forget Circleville, Ohio. Do nothing to hurt Sheriff Radcliffe. If you come to Ohio, you El Sickos will pay. The Circleville writer. Never caught, never caught who was doing it. Is it creepy? Creepy. They don't know if he killed the, the Ron, the the husband. They tried to kill her. The letters came. We're talking about. And by the way, the Unsolved Mysteries episode was like in the nineties. So we're talking about something that's going on. For 20 plus years, these letters have been circulating in this town. Nobody knows who it was. No one knows who set the booby trap. You know, you could say it was that guy, but it, yeah, the only thing, it was his gun and they did like a handwriting analysis and the sheriff goes, that's his handwriting. But the problem was, is that people thought the sheriff was in on it. Crazy. This is one, I mean, this truly is the definition of an unsolved mystery. Everyone in this story is just going to disappear. They're either going to pass away or they're going to move on with their lives. And no one's ever going to know who wrote these letters. That's creepy to me. Someday someone might find something in their aunt's attic pointing to this. 
And, you know, maybe Ron really did get drunk driving. I mean, they do say that he fired his bullet at something. But, man, that's creepy. And think about the amount of powerlessness you would feel from that because you're getting these letters and you can't stop it. And the cops aren't going to take it seriously at first until there's a booby trap on your bus route. That's creepy. You know, I, I like to cover true crime on this show. I don't do a lot of it because a lot of it is either really, really um, dark and and not in an interesting way. Like, I think true crime, I think there's a lot of crossover between true crime, conspiracy, and the paranormal. I think there is a bit of a crossover there. I don't do a lot of stuff where it's just people getting killed. I, I don't necessarily find that interesting. But I do love reading about true crime. I read about it more than I talk about it on the show. My true crime library is actually bigger than my paranormal and conspiracy. My conspiracy library is very small. I just have a few books now. I used to have a ton of them. But as you get out of a certain conspiracy, you just kind of throw those books away, give them to Goodwill, whatever. My true crime library is pretty big. But yeah, so I'm always looking for stuff like this. And every so often I'll come across a story that I think really fits the show. And this one fits the cake. Who wrote those letters? And and more importantly, why? You know, that's, that's really the... The main thing, why did they have such a beef with this woman having an affair when she didn't have an affair and then she ended up having an affair? Mysteries upon mysteries upon mysteries. That's what the world's made of. And that's what makes, I think, life so interesting is not knowing everything. I think we want to know the answers eventually. But the puzzle, putting the puzzle together, I think is more satisfying than sitting back and looking at the finished image. Because what do you generally do with the puzzle when you put it back together? You look at it for a couple minutes, put it back in the box. That's what I do at least. And then when I'm bored, break a puzzle out, start all over again. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. You know, I wonder, I have a question. I wonder how many people shut the podcast off right when I start talking about the email address. Because I that could be like a, ah, oh, he's finished. Sometimes there's extra stuff in here. You don't know. Maybe there's something extra in here today. I don't know either. Um, you can hit me up at Twitter at Jason O. Carpenter. You can hit me up there as well. I don't think there's going to be anything extra here today. Is there anything extra to talk about that I haven't talked about yet? Nah, I got nothing. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. 